0: Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. We're in the middle of this series. Pastor Jordan has been leading us through the series about wisdom. And uh, it's so powerful and important, especially in the day and the age we're living in, which is so chaotic and upside down and weird and backwards and filled with garbage and so forth. But the church and the leaders in the church are, are, are believing that God is going to strengthen the families. Even in the midst of it, your family can be strengthened. You can be stable. You can be prospered, even through the, the wild storm that, that is visiting the earth right now. And uh, we, we believe that, that, that God has a, a rescue city, a pillar of fire, even in the midst of it all, in the house of the Lord. And so we're, we're going to talk about wisdom. You know, wisdom is the very first gift in the book of Corinthians about the gifts of the spirit, the word of wisdom is the first one. And, and I believe that, you know, in Proverbs is all about wisdom and, and believing in, in the wisdom that comes from God and, and, and exercising it and so forth. But I believe that's what we need right now. And, 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 and husbands, dads, moms and, and, and wives and so forth, we need to know what's wise, what's right so that you can spot the garbage, you can spot the lie, you can spot the weirdness and say, no, no, that's not right. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to be able to tell some of the stuff that's coming down the pike right now is for destruction. It's to destroy families and destroy people. The devil hates people. God wants you to be his child. He wants to embrace you, love you, heal you, strengthen you. The devil wants to destroy you. And the stuff that's coming down the pike right now is so destructive. Today I want to talk about a divine covering. It takes wisdom to understand and to appreciate what it means to have a divine covering. But it is, it is, a, it is a, a truth in Scripture that God gives us. But you need wisdom to be able to unpack it and understand it, and even to walk in it. Let me give you the definition of wisdom. Wisdom is an understanding Understanding of an exercise of truth principles, God's word, God's law, God's rule, God's mind, the way God sees things. And so wisdom is the understanding of that and then the exercising of it. And what happens with God's word is you begin to exercise it and you begin to understand it a little bit more. And as you begin to understand a little bit more, you begin to exercise it more. And as you exercise it more, wisdom begins to grow in that area. And there are all these different areas in your life God wants you to grow in this wisdom, to understand. I know what this is. I know it's a time for me to to forgive. I I, I can tell this is a time for me to forgive. And and as I forgive, I begin to understand forgiveness more. As I exercise it, I begin to understand how it works and my wisdom grows. Generosity, compassion, decision-making, All these different things, I I begin to understand them more from God's perspective and exercise them. So truth is not something that you understand fully the first time you hear it. Truth is something that needs to be understood and exercised a little bit at a time. Deeper and deeper and deeper. Amen? Amen? Trust in God gets deeper and deeper and deeper. My faith in God grows deeper and deeper and deeper. The more I exercise it, the more it grows, the more I understand it. And so the principle of covering is something that I need wisdom to be able to unpack and I need to be able to exercise it. I need to be, begin to understand, especially church, in the midst of a world that just wants to be independent. I want to do my own thing. I want to live on re, in rebellion. I am my own island. I'm my own man. I have my own truth. You know, I'm my own woman. I have my own truth or whatever. No, wait, hold on a second. In the church, we have to understand... No. So, There is such a thing as a divine covering that God has for us. And it's an awesome thing because a divine covering is a provision and a protection that God gives us in a godly structure. Covering is a divine provision and protection under a godly structure. Like, for instance, in your family. Fathers and mothers are the covering over the family. And everybody in that family is covered. And so if we look at Deuteronomy in the fifth chapter, we see here, this is the, the fifth commandment. And, it, and it's awesome because it talks about fathers and mothers and honoring them. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you. This is the fifth commandment. Honor your father and mother. But it comes with a promise. This is the first commandment with promise. So that your days may be long, In other words, you can live a long, vibrant, happy, radiant life and that it may go well with you. And Paul the Apostle says this is the commandment that carries a blessing so that it may go well with you. The things you touch, just somehow you have the favor on you and in you and around you and and, and there's just things that are going well for you in your long life. Because, not because your parents were perfect, You honor them to come under that covering of blessing that God promises us in his command. You have to understand what covering is. Covering is that your father and mother were right about everything. I always remember my mom always said that, yeah, life is like a box of chocolates. Your mother might have said some crazy things, but you honor her and come under the covering of living a long life and having it go well with you. Why? Because God says if you honor them, this is the covering over your life is going to be provision, protection, and blessing. So it's an awesome thing. It's a divine, godly structure that he has given us, and he says, now honor it. Your dad's not right on everything. Your dad makes mistakes and so forth, but listen, reset it. Reset it. You're the dad now. Honor them, but you be the dad now. Now, some of the most incredible fathers I know, they, I ask them, you know, what's the secret to their, to their success with their kids and, and being such a great dad and so forth? And they say, I'm doing everything opposite to what my father did. Wow. Wow. He taught me everything not to do. <laughs> Good. Well, honor your dad for that then. Yeah. Thank you, dad. <laughs> I remember my dad used to come... You know, I, I love my father, you know, he's gone on to be with the Lord now, and he looks really great, and he's brand new and handsome and strong, and he looks like Elvis, because he's in heaven now, you know. But I remember my father used to come through the door from work, and I said to myself, that's not how I'm going to come through the door in my house, because I have little kids there, and they look at it like, uh-oh, oh I don't want that to happen in my house. So I thank my father, he taught me how not to do that, you know. Can you guys honor your father and mother and come under the covering of God's blessing? But there's also the spiritual family, the family of God. And the household of God is the most powerful thing in the earth. And can I tell you, we don't understand until we get to heaven what it really is in the earth. But it is the most powerful instrument of God in the earth. Through the church, God is ruling. Through the church, God is bringing order. Through the church, God is declaring truth. You know, sometimes I explain the truth, other times I just declare it. I feel like sometimes God says, Steve, don't explain it, just declare it. So today I think I'm just going to declare it. (laughs) Amen? Amen? But God used the church for the rescue city. We are the place of salvation. We're the place of authority. It's not Hollywood. It's not the media. It's not Washington, D.C. It's not the Middle East. It's the house of the Lord. It's the most powerful instrument of God in the earth and throughout history. We don't realize it, but we will when we get to heaven. But just because we don't realize it, we think the church is nothing. We think the church doesn't have a voice or it's in the back corner of society. You know, when we need it, we'll, 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 we'll call it forward or whatever. But, but I want you to know um, that's not how God sees it. And it do- doesn't change God's mind. He still feels like the church is very powerful, very authoritative. The Bible says there's such a thing as discipline in the church. We might not see it, but God believes it. And I think that God carries it out. God knows what he's doing. But he gives us the church, the house of the Lord, as a divine covering. And I want to unpack this with you. But it's throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. But if we could just look at Ephesians, Paul the Apostle, kind of as a, as a, um, you know, a great theologian, is explaining to this church in Ephesus what the local church is really all about. And he's talking to them because they were pagans and gentiles in other words they worship dumb idols they worship uh, objects of stone things that were carved by man that never talk they never move they're propped up they're carried to a certain place and then they're called to be a god and and, and paul the apostle was saying that's how dumb and paganistic and depraved you were before you came to the lord jesus christ but consequently now you're no longer foreigns, foreigners and aliens but fellow citizens with god's people and members of god's household Members of God's household. There is such a thing in the earth as God's household. You no longer are out there without any covering, without any rule, without any uh, provision, without any protection. Sometimes people think they're, they're without God and, and, and they're doing great, but they don't realize that they're covered in weakness they're covered in addiction. They're covered with all kinds of weird thoughts. They're covered with de- depravity. And, and then they, they, they can't understand where depression is coming from and anxiety is coming from and hopelessness is coming from. But you're under a covering that has none of that. But you come into God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. And in him, the whole building is joined together. And I want you to know something. The church is just not a bunch of puzzle pieces thrown into the box. We are joined together. We're on a mission together. And now there are great churches throughout this region. One of them is this church. We have a mission. We have a vision. And God is joining us together to pray together, to believe together, to have faith together, to give together, but to to, to enjoin ourselves one with another to get things done together. Because God says the region is not going to just be aimless and hopeless and, and, and ruled by the devil. The region is not going to be ruled by every municipality that is filled with corruption. It's going to be ruled by the house of God with the people of God. You're going to walk into your workplace. It's not just going to be ruled by every piece of corruption or every piece of, of uh, undermining. Or every piece of gossip, you're going to walk in there and say, no, no, a man of God, a woman of God is here now. I'm here to to fight for my company. I'm here to stand here for my company. Can you say amen? amen? We're being built together, joined together, and we rise to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in Him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. And then it goes on in the fourth chapter, and it talks about the gift to the church, it was Christ who gave to the church, some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, and teachers. What for? Why did Christ give that to the church? Why is Christ appointing into the church and over the church these fivefold ministries? To prepare, to equip, to strengthen, to mold, to shape, God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ, you, may be built up, strengthened. You're not a noodle. You're not a yo-yo. You're not a nobody. You're not clueless. You're being built up, equipped, strengthened. You're under a covering that is speaking to you and declaring to you and sometimes explaining to the awesome truths of God under which you sit until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. The opposite of immature. You know, A lot of times uh, I'll meet immature Christians and, and, and they, they'll tell me they've been saved for 30 years. I've been saved for 30 years. I don't know hardly a thing about God or a thing about... Their, they don't tell you that, but that's, you can tell that's on them. No, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't align with any particular church. I don't go. I just around, I flit around. You know, I, it's funny. I, we were walking through uh, Providence. Me and Pastor Jordan were walking through Providence. And we come across this guy. And he goes, hey, Pastor Jordan, Pastor Steve. He goes, I go to your church. And we said, oh. Like, <laughs> I don't know who he is. And uh, he says, yeah, I went to Easter at the dunk. <laughs> oh, okay, well, that was like five years ago or something. <laughs> but to meet people that they, ha- they have no grooming, they have no husband, they have no pruning, they have no instruction, they, they ha- and, and, and they don't realize that you're out there without any covering, without any protection, without any provision. Let me get off track here a little bit and just tell you, the spirit realm Is a rough neighborhood. Don't walk alone in this thing. God wants us to be built together, not walking alone, totally being picked off by the devil. Everybody thinks they're stronger than the devil. You know, the devil's some dope. The Bible says he's a roaring lion. The Bible calls him the great destroyer. You're no match for the devil, but God says, I'm going to bring you into and under a covering that is going to be a protection for you so that you can become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That means you're going to have the authority that Christ has on you, on him. You're going to have on you the ability to pray for people, to speak to people, to encourage people. Jesus wasn't afraid. Jesus was not a scaredy cat. He stood up to Herod. He stood up to Pharaoh. He stood up to the Pharisees. He stood up to leprosy. Everybody runs away from leprosy. Jesus walks to it. Compassion will be on you. Wisdom will be on you. The fullness of the measure of Christ will be on you. And then we will no longer be infants. Paul is saying you'll no longer be weak babies, whining, crying, doing poo-poo in your diaper. I've been saved for 30 years. I still do poo-poo in my diaper. Well, you need a pastor. You need a teacher. You need an evangelist to come into your life and help clean you up and put some maturity into you. Tossed back and forth by the waves. Sometimes you hear Christians, they're tossed back and forth. They see something on Yahoo, they start going that way. Then they see something on MSNBC, they start going this way. Then they hear something from their neighbor, they start going this way. Listen, God wants you to be stable and strong and wise in the things of God. Amen? (laughs) Rooted and grounded. The Bible says the church is the pillar and foundation of truth. You need to be rooted in that. Blown about here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming, and I want you to know some of the stuff that's coming down the pike right now is so ridiculously ludicrous, but people are buying into it. They're buying into it. I just believe. I I believe you can be. I just don't. I don't know what to believe. I I don't. It's because there's deceitful scheming that's 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 trying to undermine the family, undermine marriage, undermine men, undermine women. Undermine life, undermine the womb, undermine all these different things. These deceitful schemings that are, that, are, that are made to destroy your family. But God says, come on under the household of faith and under a leadership and, and a guidance. Now, I don't want you to think that, that there's not reasons why people have abandoned the church. There are reasons. Because the church has had scandal after scandal after scandal. Get into a good church that doesn't have all the scandal. You know? If I was going to tell my friend to look for a church, I would say go look for a church in the lobby. People that are happy, people that are genuine, people that are authentic, and then watch the worship. People that worship. Listen to the Word. Make sure it's from the Bible. Oh, I, I, I was going to go to a church like that, but I decided to go to a church where this guy wears the most unbelievable leather jackets. He wears yeezy sneakers, and he just knows how to you know he knows how to really dial it up. I go go, go to that church. Well, don't be surprised if that thing blows up in 18 months. No amens on that one. Come on. Let me tell you about what a covering is. Give you this picture. Picture a canvas over your life and over your family. A canvas, a, a, a roof covering over your life. And that canvas is made up of all these different fruit, like bananas and pineapples and grapes and watermelon. And all these different fruits are, are, are make up this fabric that's over your life. And that fabric is dripping, dripping banana juice and watermelon juice and strawberry juice on you. And you are under this covering, but you have it on you as well. It's dripping over you. It's getting on you. You're sticky. You smell like strawberries. There's something on you that's over you. Are you under any covering? Because there are coverings that have honesty, bravery, strength, kindness, humility, generosity, godliness. These, these are the coverings that God has over his house. And it's dripping on you. It's dripping on you. I pray you're not under a covering of division. And, 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 and you're always on the verge of divorce, but your kids are always divided against you as well. And you're divided against one another because you're under a covering that is, that is dripping that. I, I meet mean, people that say, you know, I don't go to any church. I don't need any church. I don't need this. I don't need that. And their kids are unbelievably rebellious. Do they serve the Lord? Ah, they, 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 I try to drag the church. Not that I even like church. But I try to drag. Well, no wonder. No wonder they're under that covering. God has for us an unbelievable, awesome covering, strong spiritual leadership, I want to ask you, are you under any covering? You know, the Bible talks about the house of the Lord over and over and over again in Scripture. It talks about the house of the Lord. But there are other houses in Scripture as well. There's the house of Eli. He was a priest, and under the covering of that house, there was compromise and sin, and his sons both ended up dying, and he did too. He fell over backwards and broke his neck. But it's a picture of of no vision and and sinfulness in in the priesthood. There's another house in Scripture, the house of Saul. It's a house of religion without power. Saul was the tallest, most handsome guy. And and the Bible talks about him head and shoulders above everybody else. But he was afraid to face any Goliath. He was afraid to face a giant. He was afraid to face his men. He was afraid of the faces and the thoughts of men. He was a coward. He's a picture of religion without power. And then there's the house of Ahab. Talks about house of compromise, no leadership, inability to make decisions, inability to have any strength whatsoever, inability to have a jaw or a a voice. It's the house of Ahab. I pray I'm not under the house of Ahab. I pray you're not under the house of Ahab. And then there's the house of David. It's a house of warriors and worshipers. I pray you're under that house. The house of David is filled with warriors. You can read the exploits of David's mighty men. It's, it's incredible. And, and read the Psalms and the hymns that David himself wrote. There's the house of David. I believe in the house of God. And if we were to fast forward to today, we could say that this, this is the house of awakening church. There's a house. There is a covering. There is a DNA. There's an anointing that's on us and over us. And you're being dripped on every week. You're being dripped on. You're being dripped on. If you come under the covering and you say, you know something, I want to be a part of of, of this house. It doesn't mean you have to be the head deacon or the head elder or the head preacher. or or No, no. You're just a part. I want to be a part. Built together. Amen? It's an incredible privilege for God to say, come in out of the foreigner and alien paganry. Come in out of the independence and the rebellion like a tumbleweed. No roots. No fruit. No, no, come into something that I have for you under the covering of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, good men and women of God, the community of believers. It's not just who's over me, it's who's next to me. I'm in God's house and I'm next to some mighty men, and women of God, that intercede for me and pray for me and understand me and will reach out to me. Let me just give you some things, fruit, I believe that this house has on it. kind of unique things that's dripping on you right now. And number one is the strong marriages. Can I tell you something? We have seen marriage after marriage after marriage be strengthened in this place. You know, the, 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 the statistics talk about 50% of marriage, Christian marriages end in divorce. I, I just don't know where they're getting their statistics. Where are they getting their Christians? We have a fraction of a fraction of people that end up divorced in this house. And, and, and a lot of times it's because of, of extenuating circumstances we can't even get a hold of, can't turn the thing around, or it's, it's abuse or something that should be dealt with that way. But can I tell you, more often than not, people come in here and they say, we're on the verge of divorce and God rescues that marriage. We already signed the papers and they get it turned around dozens and dozens of marriages come on can you guys attest to the fact how about up in the balcony can I tell you something up in the balcony marriage is not easy no man said amen on that one (laughs) good one but I'm here to tell you the truth marriage is not easy you really have to exercise forgiveness. I thought I knew forgiveness before I got married. It's not until it's not you, after you get married you really understand what forgiveness You think you understand what humility is, but you don't really know what it is until you get married and you find out that you have to walk to strengthen another person, and they strengthen you. When one person is down, the other person holds them and, and picks them up. Amen? One of you has to teach the other one how to say I'm sorry. It's time for elbows right now. Can you do it? I know I can say I'm... I don't know about you, but I can, if I have to, I need to. Strong marriages. The next one is radical youth. Our church just loves the youth we have an anointing on this church I'll tell you you bring your kids I mean look at we had this baptism of this young girl we love the youth we've always had an anointing for the youth the youth are not you know kind of a segment in the church we they are the church we are the youth amen you're part of us. You know, you hear some people say, you know, that, that, you know they, they do pretty good for a youth group. No, no, they do pretty good for a church. They're the church. You're not a pre-Christian just because you're 14 years old. You are a Christian. Amen? You have a heart. You have a prophetic word. You have a prayer. You have a, a, a gift God has given you. Amen? And some of us older ones, we have to understand, we have younger ones among us. You know, you might come here and, you know, you're old fuddy-duddy. I don't know. I don't, I don't like all the lights. It's not for you. <laughs> Maybe you're too old to appreciate the lights. But can I tell you something? The next breath, you'll tell me that you went outside, you saw this beautiful sunset. Well, guess what? That's the lights. I saw the stars. That's the lights. But you know something's funny? It, it took the young people to say that that's what they wanted. Because before that, I never thought about, you know, we could have colored lights and shining lights and, and you know, all this, all this kind of dynamics. I love it now. I love it now. But I didn't used to even know it was anything, you know. It's the young people said, no, we should have some lights. <laughs> we love the young people. I pray your young people love the house of the Lord. I pray they love the house of the Lord. They are received, they are celebrated, they are loved. We think about them and pray about them and and, and plan for them all the time. Somebody said, you know, should I force my teen to come to church? No, don't force them. Never force them. Just bring them. Bring them with you. That's where we go. That's what we do. That's who we are. We just go to church. You just let your kids know. We do a lot of things. We go to the movies. We go to soccer practice. We go to lacrosse. We go with our friends. We do a lot of things, but we go to church. Now, if you don't have time for church, maybe we eliminate some of those things, like eliminate the movies, eliminate your friends, eliminate, nah, let's let's include that and let's go to church. Come on, everybody in the car. Okay, but can I tell you something? Your kids are sitting here. They're getting dripped on. They're getting dripped on. They're getting dripped on. I'll, 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 I'll tell my dad a little bit here, too. But we used to drive home from church, and my father used to criticize. Oh, you know, that's not really true about the whole book of Ephesians. That's not really true. And, and it made us kids be able to criticize. It opened the door for us to be able to criticize the church. And when I became 18 years old, I was extremely critical of the church. And I went sideways for five years into what could have been death and destruction. And the Lord reminds me, and he says, you could have died. And he will show me the different instances where you could have died and gone into eternity without the Lord because you you had such an aversion against the church. I pray you're under a covering that loves the house of the Lord, loves the house of the Lord. I was driving with my grandson. He's four years old. He's in the back seat. And And I said, look at all these cars. Where are they all going? I said, "Um, you know, I think they're going to work. I think they're going to school. I said, where else do you think they're going? And he says, Papa, I think some of them are going to church. And I said, there's a value. There's a value. There's somebody who believes that some of these people are on their way to the place he really loves. He really loves. I'll tell you, 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 if you listen to your kids, you might hear yourself. What are they saying? You might hear yourself. So when the next time when you say to your kids, where'd you get that? Hint, hint. (laughs) (laughs) They are a little tiny 2.0 reflection of you. And they're coming up. (laughs) Number three is jobs, promotion, and prosperity. Under this church, we have heard of hundreds and hundreds of people that tell us about the promotion after promotion. Um, Like like these coincidences that keep happening, these unbelievable, and, and they say it's a miracle that this happened, but I believe it's under a covering where we believe that God is a God that wants to prosper you and bless you, and you have a mark on you that others can see. I believe that a lot of it comes, it flows out of the generosity of this church. Do you know that we gave a very generous offering to the families in Texas as a church? We did. You did. You did. Last year, we gave 217,000 pounds of food away to those that were in need as a church. I believe that you're under a covering of prosperity and jobs and promotions because what a generosity brings is that covering of blessing and 10,000 bags of groceries during Thanksgiving and Christmas and 2,000 toys and all kinds of working with schools, 46 different agencies we're working with now as a church. And I believe that under that covering of generosity is jobs and promotions. You think it's you. You think it's you. Got another promotion. Yeah, because it's, you've been dripped on. You've been dripped on for three years. No wonder. You've got, you got promotion all over you. You smell like promotion. You're sticky like promotion. No wonder you got a promotion. It's all over you. Amen? Are you guys getting this? You have, to, you have to get this in the spirit. You're being dripped on. God has good things for us. I, I remember one time I was walking through the church with a pastor friend of mine, and we walked into the lobby there, and he stopped and he looked around and he goes, Yeah, most of the people in, in my church are, are down and outers. So I looked around. It was a beautiful lobby and everything. But you know what? I'm not going to let that slide. I'm not going to let you just say that. So I said, yeah, most of the people that come to here are down and outers too. But they don't say that way. I said, we preach the gospel to them. We teach them principles of growth and maturity. Prosperity and promotions and jobs come on them. Amen. A spirit of excellence comes on them. See, we don't want to celebrate poverty. You know, where people like to celebrate poverty. Well, I got nothing. I never had anything, and you know, my pastor never had. Any. My pastor drives a junk car, It's worse than mine. If you could believe that, his car is worse than mine. And his wife, she, she has to work thousand hours a week. It's a just we're not going to celebrate poverty. We're going to believe that God has more for us than that, and for your children. My child, my child's never been to the dentist, so he's got no teeth. Your child should go to the dentist. Your child should be cared for. You should be able to have a, a safe home and an environment for your child. Can you say amen? amen. We're celebrating God's prosperity. Yeah, you, you might come in down and out, but God's going to make you into an overcomer. This is what's dripping on us. And then number four, is this, I, and I believe that this is on this church, and you get it on you. It's happiness. It's hard to come into this church and just be a mope or just be critical or cynical or skeptical or, 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 or weird. It, it's hard to stay here because we just want to be happy. And we preach about it all the time. We believe that God has this. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And if I don't have it, there's a reason why and I need to zero in on it and I need to go for it. Can I tell you something, church? You have to seize happiness, because sometimes that's the very thing the devil is trying to steal from you out of your house, out of your home, out of your kids. But you have to, you have to know God has a provision for you, and it's happiness. And I pray that I can help be that part of that personification. And the leadership here is happy. You don't come into this church and feel a bunch of condemnation and guilt and, and judgmentalism and criticism and, and you know, and, and this harsh thing. No, no, we believe that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and there's a spirit of happiness on us there was a revival that was swept through the nation a few years ago 20 years ago or so and it was called the laughing revival and i'll tell you something we needed a laughing revival to come on the church because the church was full of sour <laughs> do you know that a major cause of sickness is stress what covering are you under Depression and worry and anxiety. Get out from underneath that covering. Come into the house of the Lord. Say, I want to be built up with the saints. And I want to be under the covering of happiness and peace and stability and strength. Can you say amen? Amen. Number five is we have an anointing and a dripping over this church of a love of worship and preaching. Church is not a duty. Church is not a duty. We believe it's an awesome thing. Like Esther prepared herself, even though she should not come into the king's presence, he extended the scepter of grace to her that the doors could be open and Esther could come into the king's chambers and stand before the Lord. That's what church is like. I am so thankful to the Lord that he rescued me out of the unchurched and into the church that I could stand before him in his throne room and worship together with you fine folks. It's not an alone thing. I'm not a lone ranger. I'm not a tumbleweed. I'm not there all by myself having church in the, in the back porch of my, you know, of my redneck you know 40 acres. No, I want to come to the house of the Lord where the people of God are worshiping the Lord together in unison. Can you say amen? amen. Look at this verse in Psalm 42. David says this, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with a multitude Leading the procession. This is David's heart. That's why I love David. He's leading the procession. He's the dancer up front. To the house of God with shouts of joy. You want to know how to come to God's house? Come with shouts of joy. Come with shouts of joy. And let your kids see you doing it. I I often tell parents, don't pray all alone. Sometimes let your kids hear you praying. Sometimes let your kids hear you worshiping. Sometimes put on worship in in the car and worship with it. You only have a short period of time to put the DNA of who God has for you in them. Come to the house of the Lord with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Do we have the festive throng here today? Did the festive throng <laughs> do we have the festive throng up in the balcony? Come on, shout me down. <laughs> Woo-woo. We're always taking care of the balcony. I want you to know that. I'm on the sound men all the time. Turn it up up there. They need to be blasted in the balcony. (laughs) Amen? Those are not the B seats. You are in the prime location for the... You're actually closer to God. You're closer to heaven. You can feel the anointing. You're the first ones to get dripped on. The festive throng. And then number six, unique in this church, and I believe it's God the love of people. We love people in this church. And we come against the fact that, you know, the love of many will wax cold in the end. I'll tell you, we want to love people. There's no hierarchy here. There's no status symbol. There's no totem pole. There's no group that you need to get into. There's no click in this church. Why? Because we love people. We love every one of us from wherever. Amen. I thank God for the community of God. We love people, and, and you know, the, some of the strongest people are not people that you even know until God knits you together with them, and then you find out, oh my goodness, this person, you find out their story. It's an awesome thing. I believe God puts you next to people that he wants you to connect with because they have an incredible story. And so, if, for me, if I want prayer, and I, I, need, I need prayer in my life, I seek out my brother while he to pray for me. You can seek out people that are up here. You, you, you might not see them ever preach, but they, they are, they're here appointed by God to be in our midst, to connect together, to love people. Amen? Why heed? if anybody's going to pray for you, let him pray for you. He was raised from the dead, literally. He was in the morgue with a toe tag on him. He had full-blown HIV. When he came to this church, he came for a prayer service, a, a healing service. When he came to this church, he couldn't hardly walk. He came up to the platform like this. He had on hospital foam slippers. Foam, you know, what they what they assigned to you. His skin was gray. His hair was gray. He looked like death. He got prayer. And then God raised him up out of the morgue with the toe tag on him, raised him up and said, no, no, I'm not done with you yet, son. There are people that need a word, people that need prayer. Anybody know why he, why he stand up? I want you to I want people to see how handsome this guy is. It's my brother, my brother from another mother. that's awesome we love you Waheed you might not have ever heard me mention his name or even might maybe know who he is but I'll tell you something God knows who he is and other people that come up here and prayer and pray I'll tell you we love people I thank God for them you don't have to run to me to get prayer you can run to any one of these prayer leaders Pastor Nancy, she's a prayer warrior. She has a team of warriors, a team of intercessors. I want you to know we are under a covering of prayer. You're being prayed for every week. Your security, your blessing, your prosperity for your children, for your marriages, you're being prayed for. We seek God for you. We we created a whole prayer room over there for miracles. After I broke my neck and I was laying in the hospital bed and they said we're going to have to... We're going to have to stitch him open. I mean, cut him open, flip him open, fillet him like a fish and find out what happened to his vertebrae. My son said, that's it. We're going to we're going to create a prayer room for miracles. It's over there in the other building not there. I don't know if my neck brace is still over there, but you know what? We've moved on. God provided a miracle from that. Amen? Amen. One more. We can have the worship team come up. But there's a mark of leadership on this house as well. It's a mark of leadership. Again, I believe that God puts this mark, it's leaking, it's, it's pouring over us. We had a young man come to us and say, you know, uh, I've gotten promotion after promotion. They want to promote me again in my job, but uh, they want me to work on Sunday. And I told them, I have to have Sunday morning off because the very thing that you see on me, the qualities and the reason you want to promote me is what I'm getting from my house of worship. Don't take me out of that. You know, the leadership that you see on me, I got leaked on. Over there the house of the Lord. You know, Pastor David and, 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 and Jessica de la Cruz, we, we we love them. I don't know if uh, Jessica Jessica's right here. Stand up, Jess. We just want to take a look at you. We believe it's now Senator Jessica de la Cruz. She became a state senator. Because there were things that she saw she didn't like in the state. She said, you know what? I'm going to run for Senate. And when she would knock on the door, people would say, there's leadership on you. She's one of the most respected senators at the state house now. There's an anointing of leadership on this. I pray it gets on you. I pray it gets on your children. I pray that there is a covering over you, Awakening Church, and you can feel it. You can feel it.